This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, April 23rd, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. How much grace is due to the Federal Reserve officials in their movements to contain the scourge of inflation? Will Luther is a professor of economics at Florida Atlantic University. We spoke earlier this month in Las Vegas. As it became clear that inflation was taking hold and would be with us for longer than uh, a short time period, uh, I watched a lot of Bloomberg and the debate over what transitory means uh, came to dominate a lot of the conversations and a lot of the the hosts on Bloomberg were unfortunately having to ask their guests, now, now when you say transitory, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and then uh, the word episodic came into the conversation and said, oh, this is an episode of inflation that we're having right now. When do you feel it was beyond dispute that the inflation that the United States was facing was going to be with us for a while? Well, um, by the beyond dispute, certainly by uh, the end of November, the very end of November, when uh, Chair Powell says, we're no longer going to use the word transitory. <laughs> that uh, seems to me uh, a point after which no one... <laughs> Absolutely no one can think that uh, that this was going to be transitory. Um, you know, I will I will confess that um, in January of 2021, I wasn't worried about inflation. Um, we had just experienced a pretty big negative real shock that that should push prices up, um, and there was no reason to think that 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 real shock, which was because we had uh, a pandemic and the government shut down um, production in some sections for a couple months there. Um, there was no reason to think that that was going to last forever. And so the increased prices shouldn't last forever either. Um, going through the the spring, as prices continued to rise, it was really only around May that um, it was clear that prices had exceeded the 2% trajectory uh, plotted from January 2020, just prior to the pandemic. Um, and even, even then, I thought, you know, inflation, not that high, uh, that we, we should have some inflation. Um, by July, um, it's very clear at that point that, um, that we have gone well past just catching up to that 2% trajectory. Um, and by September, uh, it's, it's pretty clear to me or was pretty clear to me that not only had inflation exceeded the 2% trajectory, but it wasn't possible to explain the inflation that we were realizing as merely being a product of supply constraints. Uh, it was, it was a monetary policy problem. How do you evaluate the Fed's response and the timeliness of it? Uh, I think that the technical term is terrible. <laughs> um, you know, it's again, it's pretty clear by September that nominal spending is is picking up, and we're not just looking at a real supply constraints issue. But the Fed really didn't acknowledge that that was what was happening until the very end of November, and even then, it didn't really do anything about that. It started talking about uh, um, plotting a course to to correct um, with a uh, an eventual rate hike in in March of 2022, but 
But even then, when it did so, it did so based on some very rosy projections about what was going to happen. So in December of uh, uh, 2021, um, the Fed made a projection. The the members of the Federal Open Market Committee, uh, four times a year, they make a projection uh, what inflation will be this year, next year, the year after that, and so on. And in December, they made a projection for 2021. Now, at the time, the most recent data for the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, which is their preferred measure of prices, the most recent data um, that they that they had was from October. So they're really just projecting two months, <laughs> uh, two months of of observations, um, and they had lived through a month and a half of those two months, right? Um, so they've got a lot of information to, to make this projection. And how much do they project? Well, the median projection was 5.3% inflation. And the range was 53 to 5.5%. Uh, we later learned that inflation for 2021 was 5.6%. So outside the range of uh, what what those Fed officials were were projecting, and and again, it's important to remember that this is at the time when they're devising a strategy to bring inflation back down, uh, and they were they were radically wrong at that time about how high inflation would be. So they they projected for 2022 back in December they projected that inflation would be 2.6 percent for the year. Um, in March. They revised that up to 4.3%. That's the median projection. The uh, the range is as high as 5.5%. So that's a pretty big change in in your projection of inflation. Um, but it's a change that that didn't go hand in hand with a, a change in their solution to bring that inflation back down. How sensitive should the Federal Reserve be to concerns about? economic disruptions, uh, employment effects of taking this, taking the bull by the horns and trying to really ramp up uh, rates? Well, we certainly don't want a Fed that acts erratically. We want the Fed to be um, signaling to markets well in advance what it's going to do. And as it's revising its projections for inflation, it should also be helping market participants revise their expectations for what the Fed is going to do. And and what the Fed did was revise its expectations for inflation without um, changing a policy or, or trying to signal to markets that they should expect tighter policy to come. Um, I think that's a very dangerous way to conduct policy. It puts you as as a Fed official. It puts you in a situation where, you know, market participants aren't dumb. <laughs> they can see that prices are are picking up, and and if you wait too long to course correct, then market participants are going to ratchet up their expectations of inflation. And at that point, Fed officials have to decide either to acquiesce to those market. Uh, expectations and deliver the higher inflation in perpetuity, which means uh, having the costs of higher inflation in perpetuity, or to to make it very clear 
painfully clear to market participants that you're serious about your your inflation target and and causing a recession um, to to bring inflation back down. It doesn't have to be that way. If the Fed had instead signaled well in advance that it was committed to uh, say an average inflation target of two percent, and and if it was credible about that commitment. Then market participants would continue to expect two percent inflation, and the Fed could deliver two percent inflation over the medium term um, without having to to cause a painful contraction to get there. How much grace does the Federal Reserve deserve, given the you know unprecedented level of shifting in production and consumption that we saw in 2020? I think Fed officials deserve a lot of grace in this period. Um, they deserve a lot of grace because there in in March and April of 2020, we we have an enormous disturbance, a disturbance which was unlike the other disturbances that we've we've seen. You know, this is a what economists call a real shock, a, a decline in productivity. That's very different from the from the kind of shock that we saw in, in um, 2007, 2008, which is more of a nominal disturbance. Um, so, so this is a large, unprecedented shock. And, and the Fed stepped up um, and facilitated fiscal payments to households and, and businesses to, to keep those businesses from going bankrupt for no fault of their own. It's a pandemic. Um, to keep those households afloat, even if they were to to lose their jobs, um, and and at the time, it wasn't clear how much needed to be done. Uh, certainly, there was a big risk of doing too little, uh, and and the Fed officials, along with Congress and the Treasury, um, erred on the side of doing too much. I think that that is perfectly reasonable. That's understandable. We shouldn't fault them for that. Um, the big problem is not that they did too much in March and April and May of, of 2020. The problem is that when it became clear that they had done too much, they didn't course correct. So, you know, when I, when I talk to my students, I say, you know, imagine I'm driving from my home in South Florida to to Ohio, where much of my family lives. Um, if I if I suddenly realize that I'm in Indiana, <laughs> uh, I know I've gotten off path somewhere, and I have to to course correct. Um, and the sooner you realize that, the 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 easier it is to correct. You don't have to travel so far. Uh, the Fed at this point is in Alberta, <laughs> really far off the mark, um, and they don't seem very interested in, in course correcting at all. Um, if you look at their projections over the the next few years, they're they're currently projecting that inflation is going to be above their two percent average inflation target in twenty twenty two, in twenty twenty three, in twenty twenty four. And after that, inflation will be back down to 2%. Now, if you read the, the Fed statements, they, um, they committed to in August of 2020 and reaffirmed in January of 2022 
that they're committed to an average inflation target. But if you let inflation run above average for a period of time, and then you merely bring inflation back down to 2%, inflation is above 2% on average. Uh, you, you cannot deliver 2% inflation on average if you never let inflation go below 2% when it has previously been above 2%. And, and Fed officials have explicitly stated at this point that they have no interest in bringing inflation down below 2%, which is a, effectively an admission that they're not going to honor their average inflation target. Will Luther is a professor of economics at Florida Atlantic University. We spoke earlier this month in Las Vegas. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 